life of every single member of this church, every single one under the sound of my voice. Father, indeed, let this be a season that is transforming, a season that changes and transforms their lives, oh God. Let them get to know you better than they've ever done before. Let today's service be a beginning, oh God, of a closer walk with you in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit will welcome you to this atmosphere. Come and be the Lord and the master of this assembly. For unto you shall the gathering of the people be. We give you glory. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church of God shall say, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Are you blessed already? Even if we don't preach, it's okay, isn't it? Hallelujah. It is the month of Riza, but before we do that, I want us to revisit the theme for the year again. And it's not, it's not okay to teach you that something has to be done if you are not taught how to do it. It is not okay to say that it's a year of the overflow of grace, mercy, and power if we don't teach how we can walk in the grace, mercy, and power that God has ordained for us to walk in. Amen. So we are going to take the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 8 to 11. And um, I'm going to read from the Tree of Life version again. God is able to make all grace overflow to you, so that by always having enough of everything, you may overflow in every good work. As it is written, he that scatters, scattered widely, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now the one who supplies seed to the sower and the bread for food will supply and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all generosity which through us brings about thanksgiving to God. Here ends the reading of this word. Hallelujah. I want us to look at verse 8 together. Whatever version you have, let's read verse 8 together. All of us as a family. Ready? Let's read. God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that by always having enough of everything, you may overflow in every good work. Now, this scripture is saying God is able to make all grace overflow to you. He didn't say that God will make all grace overflow to you. English. I don't know whether you got it. God is able to make all grace overflow to you. It's not the same as God will make grace overflow to you. He is able to make all grace overflow to you is a conditional clause. Which means that he is able if only you meet some conditions. Hallelujah. If you meet those conditions, then he is able to make all grace overflow to you so that you have sufficiency to meet every good work that you are doing. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. God is able to make all grace overflow to you. Now, let's define grace. Grace in the Greek is charis, which means that's C-H-A-R-I-S, which is undeserved and merited favor that is given because of a covenant loyalty. It means undeserved and merited favor that God lovingly gives willingly because of a covenant. For instance, let's say your daughter begins to walk the first time and they are taking very unsteady steps. As a parent, you come behind the child and you have your hands out. In case the child is about to fall, you prop the child because you have a covenant with the child. It's your child. You don't want the child to fall. Now, are you getting what I'm saying? The child doesn't deserve that favor because there are certain children who don't have parents who also have to work. And they will try, and because they don't have anybody to prop them up, what would they do? They'll fall, and they'll keep trying, and they'll keep falling. They may hurt themselves a few times than the one who has a parent. Am I making sense? Because of your covenant with the child, you want to make grace available. And the child doesn't deserve it because other children also who don't have parents deserve help, but they don't have help. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. Grace is a favor that is given not because you have earned it. Hallelujah. So when I say God is able to give you grace, when you have grace, even though you don't qualify for the job, you get a job. You don't qualify for the promotion, but you are given the promotion. Me. It's a new season. <laughs> they, they, you, you, you don't qualify to walk down the aisle because you are not the prettiest. As a matter of fact, in the same church, you have slept about five different guys or five different ladies. If we are going to go according to righteousness and according to people that... Uh, oh, let me preach. I want to preach. I only have 10 minutes so I can go home. <laughs> if we are going to do, we are going to go by. Oh. oh. If you are going to go by people who deserve, you don't deserve. But grace says that I will help whoever I choose to help. Not because they deserve it, but I have decided. God is not fair. Listen, brothers and sisters, God is not fair. God has never been fair. He says that I, I will pick whoever I choose to pick. I will put my grace on anybody I, I decide. But in this scripture, he says there is a condition. If you meet the condition, then I will make my grace available to you. 
God is able to make all grace abound for you if you meet the condition. The, the other one is favor. Grace is what? Favor. Unmerited favor. And what was the other one? Grace and what? Mercy. Yeah, mercy in the Greek is Elios. E-L-E-O-S. Elios, which is kindness, God's pity, compassion towards the afflicted and miserable, joined with a desire to help, born out of unconditional love. A desire to help because they feel pity. Hallelujah. He has mercy, feels pity. So he has a desire to help, to bring you up, to prop you up, to give you something you don't deserve just because he has, he has compassion for you. Hallelujah. So this year, God wants us to walk in grace in mercy, and in power. The word power comes from dunamis, which means the ability to do. The ability to do. Hallelujah. Which means that whatever the obstacle that is placed in front of you, when you have power, you are able to go. In Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says that you shall remember the Lord your God who gives you the power to create wealth, the, the dunamis, the ability to create wealth even though you are not educated, to create wealth even though you don't qualify, to create wealth even though you have not, no experience, to create wealth even though you have no qualification, to create wealth even though you are, no, uh, you are nobody. You are a foreigner in somebody's eyes. But then a foreigner is giving grace. He's giving favor so that he moves from... There's a scripture, I think, in Genesis 30, 30, 39 or so, when the Bible says, and when Potiphar, Joseph found grace in the eyes of Potiphar, who made him a commander, a chief in all his house, so that in everything he did not know what was being done in his house, save the bread that was on his table. Are you with me? The favor was given to him, that and favor came with power. Hallelujah. All these three are intertwined. Grace, mercy, and power comes. When grace finds you, Mercy has found you. And when grace and mercy finds you, power comes. Hallelujah. So that in the house of Potiphar, Joseph, who was supposed to be a foreigner, was a ruler. When he ended up in prison, the guard, the chief guard, he found grace with the chief guard so that the chief guard made him the captain of the prisoners. So that the chief guard put him in charge of all the prisoners. Grace, 
He had mercy and compassion on him, knowing that this guy is somebody who has probably not done what he's been accused of. So he gave him power amongst all the other prisoners. See, if you are in prison and you are the, the prefect of the prison, you will, find, you will see that it's grace. As I'm talking, you can't see it because it's like a prison. You're, you're, but when you go to jail and you are the prefect there, there, there are certain chores that people are doing. You don't do it. There are certain hardship people may go through. You won't go through it. Because somebody has given you grace. Somebody has given you power. So through our generosity, through, he's giving you uh, grace, he's giving you power, he's giving you um, mercy. Are uh, you understand what I'm saying? So this year, look out for the grace of God. Look out for the mercy of God. Look out for the power of God. Uh, am I making sense to, to, to you? You have to look out for You see, sometimes when something is available and you don't know it's available, you don't expect it. And when you don't expect it, you don't receive it. It can be around you, but you benefit. Even though it's there, you can't see it. Because there are people who are there to help you. There are people who are there to help you, but you can't see them. You see, now I'm, I'm caught in a rock, between a rock and a hard place. If I come here, I'm tempted to preach at these two people here. If I come here to this person spoiling my message, I think I'll go back to my pulpit and stay there. Today I'll be here myself, stand here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Grace is available. Expect grace. Expect grace. I, I always say something that I have, I am rich not in money terms, but I'm rich in goodwill. And goodwill is the same as money. Goodwill can be cashed. Goodwill can be Take it to the bank. It can be exchanged for goods and services. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. When you have goodwill, you can call on somebody to do you a favor and they'll do it. And that favor may be monetary favor. That favor may be a favor that will change somebody's life. But because you have goodwill with somebody else, it can bless you. There was a guy in the Bible called Onesimus. Nonisimius was had a, a, a master. And only uh, what was the name of the master? Philemon. Philemon. Now, Philemon, Paul sent a letter to Philemon say, saying that, listen, treat Onesimus well for my sake. Because he was saying to Philemon, you know you owe me. You owe me your very life. I have goodwill with you. So look after Philemon. Even though, if you look after Onesimus, even though Onesimus was with me and was some way. And now he's with you and he's still being some way. But I'm asking you to favor him because you owe me goodwill. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Goodwill is something that when you have with God, it's like having money in the bank. And grace is like goodwill with God. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Grace is like having goodwill with God so that you can call on, grace, uh, on God that God do this for me and God will do it because you have goodwill with him. Amen. 
And you see, these things I said to you starting that it is a conditional clause. You have to meet the condition. If you don't meet the condition, forget it. So what are the conditions? What are the conditions? The first one we're talking about, he says that so that all grace come abound to you so that you will not fail in doing good. Go back to the scripture. He says that God is able to give you everything so that you will have much, so that all grace. Go back to my scripture, please. Second Corinthians 9. Oh, they want me to go back to the, okay. They will ask me for my notes. When I give them, then they still don't use it. This year, I will not be tempted by you guys. Hallelujah. Remember, it says that God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that you always having enough of everything, you may overflow in every good work. Which means that the condition here is every good work. As you have given good out to people, God makes sure that you have to give. I don't know whether you are getting it. He makes all grace overflow to you. You see, this scripture, if you go back to the beginning of the scripture, he's talking about people who are generous, who give. He, who gives. So when he talks about the next is that he that gives willingly and so willingly shall reap bountifully. Hallelujah. He's talking about people that are willing, who are, who are, who are generous. And I said to you that this year, one of the things you must do is allow the spirit of generosity to have the better of you. I said to you last year that the reason why we don't give is because of the poverty mindset we have. The survival mindset. If this is all I have to survive on, how can I give it? It's a mind. In life, there are people who are surviving and there are people who are living. In life, there are people who build, people who use, and people who abuse. So, the builders are richer than the users. And the users are richer than the abusers. I have a book coming up when it comes out to you. <laughs> I am praying that this year it will come out you see that every country in the world that only uses is poor. You look around. Every country that wants people to donate to them. I, I read somewhere yesterday or the day before that um, China is about to own certain African countries because they owe billions of dollars that they can't pay. So, if you can't pay, we are taking over your country. <laughs> See, why did they come to owe China? Because they used, they used what China gave. Are you with me? 
as you use and use and use and never build, you become poor. As you borrow and borrow and borrow and borrow, you become poor. As you lend and lend and lend and lend, you become rich. It's, it's, it's just, you see, it, it doesn't matter how much money you have to start with. Because believe you me, China owes more than any of the African countries put together. Are you with me? So it's not about what is in your pocket. It's an attitude problem. I, 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 I don't know whether you got it. Being generous is an attitude. It's not about how much you have. Am I, am I getting on? It's how, it's how you are wired. If you are wired, you know, and I said to you last year that for most of us, we, we grew up in a poverty mindset. So we are, we are raised up to think that everything is scarce, including money, including food. So when you have, preserve what you have. That is why when you go into your kitchen, everybody sitting here, you have tins of, of food that has been dead. Most of them have expired. And you still have kept them. You can't throw them away. Have you seen that your kitchen is full of food that you will not eat if, even if we go up to uh, June? Ah, you see, you've gone quiet. I know my church. <laughs> Look in your freezer. Food has been there for two years. It's a poverty mind. You are still keeping it there. Why are you keeping two years ago? You didn't eat it. Last year, you didn't eat it. What makes you think you eat it this year? But it's there. If the message is affected, you say, hmm. It's a mindset. The one who has a mindset of giving doesn't hoard. If they don't use it, they give it out. We are preaching. No more sorry. Are, are you getting? We are delivering. Some of you, you take delight in seeing your bank balance. Listen. Listen, I'm not talking. May God help me. When you hold money, you are poor. Can I talk to you? Don't tell anybody I said this. It's between you and I. When you hold money, you put it in the back, you put it in the back, you put it in the back. You are not, the money is not working. So you are poor. Because assume you have 100,000 in your account. In a year, they will give you 23 pounds. That's if you are lucky. That's your, your interest is 23 pounds on the 100,000 pounds that you are watching it. And every time you see the balance, you feel happy. You get 23 pounds. If you use that 100,000 to buy a house and rent it to somebody, they will be paying you 700 every month. So the 100,000 uh, uh, is growing by 700 every month. 700 every month. 700 every month. By the end of the year, instead of 20 pounds, you have 8,000 pounds. 
compared to him, three pounds to eight thousand pounds. But as the mind of a hoarder, I want to see the zeros. I want to see the zeros. The zeros make me happy. Zeros means that I'm doing well. I'm happy. No. And you see, the banks always cash in on that. They know. They are using your hundred that you have saved to make money, and they are giving you only 23 pounds. They have shown you zeros, but they really don't have the hundred. It's not there. That is why the day you want to go and take the hundred out, they'll give you a long process and discourage you from bringing that, uh, using that money. Because they don't have it. Now they have to go and find somewhere and gather it so that they'll give you process. As you are doing process, then they are, they are looking for the money. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You know, if you are, if you are somebody who's always... Then you hide 25, 10, 25. You are delivering, you are delivering. No grace is available to you. You don't have goodwill with God and with man. As for this person, is wicked. This person they have, they won't give you. So the day you also need, you haven't bought any goodwill from anybody. How do you think when you are in need, I will give you? How many understand what I'm trying to say? See, so this year, we are changing our minds. In Romans chapter 12, it says that you are, you are, you are renewed, you are what, transformed, verse 2, by the renewing of your mind. When your mind changes, your whole life changes. So we are changing the poverty mindset. We are changing the mindset of, of not having goodwill with God. We are changing the mindset of being proud so that God doesn't favor us. Hallelujah. He says that if you are going to be generous, I'll partner with you. Store up treasures not on earth where moth and rust does it. But lay up your treasures in heaven. What he's saying is that as you have done to the poor, you have invested in heaven. I, I, in, in Matthew 25, when he said that, when did we see you poor and in prison that we came to visit you? When were you sick that we came to? He said that, as you did it for one of these, my little brothers and sisters, you did it for me. So now you have goodwill with me. So now when you cry out, I will hear you. Hallelujah. When somebody is good and kind, it doesn't mean they are stupid. On the contrary, it means they are very wise. Hallelujah. I learned that very early, that gifts to people will not even appreciate and say thank you. Because as you are doing, you are buying goodwill. One day, one day, they'll be somewhere and they'll remember the good you did for them. It may not be you, but like, like Paul, you can call on Philemon and say to them, Onesimus is coming. Help them. There are many people that have sent to people and said, this person is coming, help the person. Why? Because that person needed my help some time ago, and I helped them. 
I may not have the money, but I have goodwill. Are you with me? Because goodwill is an investment like investing money. Hallelujah. When the offering basket is passing, it's time for you to show goodwill. Give. He that gives the liberal soul, the Bible says what? Give me the scriptures. Generosity. These people are not helping me at all. Amen. All right. Um, Proverbs eleven twenty four to 26. There's one that scatters yet increases the more. There's one that withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul shall be made rich, and he who waters shall himself be what? Watered. Hallelujah. The people who withhold, the people who curse him who withholds grain. Can you see that? But blessing will be on the head of he who sells it. In Proverbs 11, 1 and 2, they cast your bread upon the waters, and you will find it after many days. Give a seven to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Amen. But this one, Second Corinthians 9, 6, but this I say, he who sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Amen. Hallelujah. You can read it on all the way to verse 10. Isaiah chapter, the next one, let's look at Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. So the next one is humility. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2 says that, that says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? What is the place of my rest? All these things my hands have made. And also all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit, who trembles at my word. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Humility attracts God's blessings and favor. James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will what? Lift you up. Humility. 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 Amen. Number two is, number three is brokenness. Brokenness. Having a broken and contrite heart. Somebody who is broken towards the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody who allows the word of God to break them. Amen. God, God favors those who allow the word. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Are you with me so far? I'm finishing in a little while. Grace, humility attracts grace and mercy. Amen. The next one is brokenness attracts the overflow. When you are broken, you attract God's mercy to you. You remember the story of Hannah? 
It, what broke the barrenness of Hannah was her brokenness. Bible says that she would not even lift her head up. She spoke and no words came out. And Eli sat at the back of the, the church, the tabernacle, and said, put away your drunkenness. He said, I'm not drunk. I am broken because of my need. And Eli says that, let the Lord do to you according to what you are asking. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible says that a year, the following year, when it was time to go to Shiloh, she could not go because she had a child. I see somebody a year by now, you have your child. Amen. Oh, I don't think you received that. It says, year by now, you have your child. A year by now, you have your marriage. Your finger will be, will be having a rock. Hallelujah. Oh, I said, I'm saying it, but somebody's not receiving it. Ah. Hmm. Next one is obedience to his word. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 to 3 says that now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all that he commands, his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you up high up above all the nations of the earth. And these blessings shall come upon you and overflow to you, overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 9, he said, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Amen. Having obedience to the word of God. This year, obey the word of God. I said, this year, obey the word of God. Anything you hear from the word of God, don't just hear it, but do it. Hallelujah. That is what changes. See, the thing with, with us as Christians, we hear a lot of word, but we do very little of the word we hear. Hallelujah. But this year, attempt to do everything that you hear. Attempt, try, do your best to do what you are hearing. Or oh, I said, do your best to do here and do the work you are hearing. Amen. Amen. The next one is have faith in God's provision. Have faith in God's provision. Have faith. That's believe that God will provide for you. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, I consider the lilies, how they neither toil nor spin. They don't grow crops. Yet Solomon in all his array, all his beauty, his pageantry was not as beautiful as one of these lilies. That is today in the field and tomorrow it's gathered into and put in the oven. Are you not more than sparrows? Is your life not worth more than the sparrows? But if he cares for that little sparrow, then surely he cares about you. And he will provide for you. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. Learn how to have faith in God's provision. 
Now, first, we have calculated all, we have budgeted our life so much that there's no room for God. How many understand what I'm saying? You're every, you are in charge of everything financially in your life. So, in your budget, you don't make room for God. You know, some countries make room for donor partners to donate. Some countries also make in their budget a, 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 a space to be able to donate. Some make to receive, some make to donate. I want you to join the group that make to donate. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's not about how much you have. It's about the mindset. Make sure. I told you uh, on the 31st, I have people on my payroll. They don't do a day's work for me. But I pay them. Every month I pay them. It's a mindset. Because I have a covenant with God that I'm going to pay these people every month. It means God has to give me money to pay them. If you have employees and they are you are, they are working for you and you are paying them. Won't you find the money? Yeah. In your budget for the month, for the year, pay some people. It may be 100 pounds. It may be 50 pounds. How many can afford to pay somebody 50 pounds every month? Or 100 pounds every month? Yeah. If you can, add it to your budget. They'll be praying for you. See, you are, you, are, you are resisting the message. See, I just preached that you obey the word. I am preaching now. You are resisting the message. Why are you like that? Why are you resisting the message? Why are you running? Why are you running? <laughs> huh? I'm preaching and you are running. Don't run. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Okay. The, the last one for today. Make the Lord your shepherd. Make the Lord your shepherd. This year, make the Lord your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down. He leads me beside the steward. He prepares a table before me. He makes sure that my cup is overflowing. Why? Because he is my shepherd. Hallelujah. Make the Lord your shepherd. Let me give you the one final one for the road. Go and sleep with it. One final one for the road. This year, love the house of God enough to do something in the house of God. Ah. Psalm 102. Psalm 102. Verse 13. You will arise and have mercy on Zion, for the time to favor her has come. Yea, the set time has come. Why? Because the servants take pleasure in the stones. They take pleasure in the house of God. They work in the house. How many thought the, the choir sang beautifully? Yeah. They had to do rehearsal. Yesterday, I was with them here. I was knocking their heads. I was knocking their heads here. There was no heat in the place. It was very cold. They were standing. 
here in the coach, their jaws were shivering, and I said, do it again, sing it again, sing it again, sing it again, sing it again. I was, I was knocking their heads. Today you came, you enjoyed it. They are builders, they are users, and they are abusers. So they were building the atmosphere for the church. You came, you are using it. And some of you who abuse it. Why is the service so long? You're not like the service is too long. Why don't they finish the five minutes? We want to go home. Go home. Somebody held your leg. Ah. You want 20 minute service? There's a church down. When you go past the one stop, the co-op, there's the next door is a building. There is a church. They finish 30 minutes. I'm directing you. Don't come here next Sunday. Go there. Hallelujah. Some of us are here because we need. How many were broken when Cheryl was sharing her testimony? That is why they need to hear the word. You, you don't have any problem. So you want 30 minutes dose. But somebody needs something that will keep them. How many understand what I'm saying? Somebody needs some word that will keep them. Because when they go home, they are going to depression. Do you know what depression does? Depression brings suicide. Yeah. She was at that point. Wanting to take a life. You don't understand when somebody is... Because they can't give you the clinical version of this, of the testimony. So you give the, the sanctified version, the, the summarized version that you can handle. Yeah. Pastor, you're talking too much. You, you see, you don't hear what I hear. So allow me to preach. Allow me to administer the, the medicine. Hallelujah. You may not need it now, but maybe some time to come you may need it. Amen. How many understand what I'm saying? So this year, don't just be a user of the house of God. Find something to you do. Nobody has employed you to be a critic. See, anybody who is doing something hasn't got time to criticize. When you are just a user, that's why you criticize. Have you not realized that when you go to a less developed country, everybody's a politician? And everybody can do better than the, 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 the government. Everybody knows better than the president. How many? I see you. You are sitting here. I see you. The, the government, the, the, you see, the, the president shouldn't do The president must. The president must. Because you don't do anything. That's why you say, your, your small room, you haven't been able to tidy. You want to go and tidy a whole country. Stand to your feet. <laughs> <laughs> 